At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMM LP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop once again. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Todd Moses. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. Yeah? Good. I mean, can't complain about the weather. Yeah, well, it's... uh, (laughs) Although you kind of could, but that's a big picture thing. We'll not not think about that today. (laughs) I'm loving the fact it's peak fall, at the very least. Um, so we always like c- kicking off with the song. So yeah. would you like to introduce one and take it away? Sure. Um, this song is uh, actually ends up being very timely um, after last night's debate. That's what you call it. Um, so this goes out to all the people that tortured themselves by watching that last night. Disguise. You got an airtight alibi. You got the gleam in your eyes. You know just when not to lie. You got half of the truth. Showing me what I want to see. Don't take no super sleuth to see what's right in front of me. It's just a game we play. We must have lost our way. Another day. We built our own little space. There's a nice big echo there. It's a total disgrace. We're pretending that we care. You can take it from me. That's dots of darkness there. Crazy from all that heat. From the fire that's in our hair, it's just a game we play. We must have lost our way. Now I'm planning my getaway. Can't stand another day. Chicken in every pie. Don't ask them how or why. As long as I keep what I got, you can take it from me. But I will take it right back again. That's how it works now, you see. When the means becomes the end, it's just a game we play. Now just a lost our way. Now we're Can't stand another day Can't stand another day Can't stand another day Can't stand another day 
day Can't stand another day Right, Todd Moses with Can't Stand Another Day, by any chance? That, that might be the yeah, that might be the name. I, this is a working title. <laughs> um, well, thank you for coming in. Um, and um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself, your musical history, where you're from, when you um, start making tunes. I am uh, originally from Akron, Ohio, forty miles southeast of Cleveland. Um, it's quite a budding music scene there when I was in high school and it kind of dried up a few years after getting getting out of high school and I moved to Nashville Tennessee where I spent the next 13 years and um, then moved uh, moved to Vermont to be closer to family and um, so that's that's me personally um, and professionally I've kind of done it all at this point I'm a singer songwriter my original instrument was drums <clears throat> um, I played I used to have a business card for for my drumming, and it said from punk to polkas, which was quite literally true. You know, my dad was a polka musician, and um, and also an early rock and roller, which seems contradictory, but it it ten it turns out it's not. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of a, a lot of cross bleed in those early guys, especially in in the Northeast Ohio and like Western Pennsylvania scene, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Ask me a leading question. <laughs> uh, so it seems like you've, you've come from pretty musical locations, at least obviously Nashville sticks out there. Um, has the places you've lived influenced the music you make? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I moved to Nashville to write country and play alt and, and uh, indie stuff. And uh, didn't really do a lot of either, <laughs> but the but the the good country parts really kind of really kind of set in, and you hear more of that on on this album than some of my previous albums. Like the the um, uh, the last band I had was Fujita Five, and uh, that was more of a three piece power trio. Um, minimalist uh, rock with a little bit of a little bit of funk and R and B thrown in on the side, uh, and that had some country influence to it. Not as much as I realized until after, until like I don't know, two or three years after. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, mainstream country is like so unappealing to me that it, it actually took me a while to just embrace that. But we just call it Americana. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of my influences are people like the band. Um, you know, uh, little feet, stuff like that. That uh, that there's really, frankly, not a ton of market for. So after spending a lot of time trying to, John Hyatt is a big influence of mine. So a lot of people were like one step removed from country. Um, um, so yeah, I, after spending most of my life trying to like avoid that as a performer, not necessarily as a writer, but as a performer, I'm 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 now just. I'm being who I am, you know. I think that's one of the advantages of getting old in in rock music is you can just start to be who you are because it really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So, so you're, you're coming to us with a, a lot more of a kind of a bluesy rock. Um, is that would would you say that's like an influence from the northeast, from Vermont, from the kind of bands you listen to around here, or just kind of scenery and the way that the the musical history of of this area of the world? Well. Vermont has definitely influenced me a lot. I've spent a, a lot of time in it, playing drums in and out of a out of a jam band in the Upper Valley area called the, the Gully Boys. Been around forever, and um, that kind of put me back in touch with some of my roots as far as that was concerned. Uh, 
I, Vermont, I think, allows me to be even more eclectic than Nashville did. And Nashville really does allow you to be eclectic, unless you're in country and then you have to be one thing, you know. Um, so that was, you know, I mean, I used to go to jazz clubs down there, you know, and, and it was great. You know? So, yeah, my influences literally are all over the place. I considered calling this, this new album All Over the Map because that, that's really what – and I've tried to steer that, and this time I just didn't even try. Mm. It's like I'm, I didn't try for anything to add consistency or anything like that. I figured my voice um, hopefully does that. And if not, I'm okay with that. That's that's fine. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that you were the front man, are the front man of, of the band Fiji to Five. Yeah. Um, so what spurred you to do solo work for this project? <sighs> Distance. When I moved from the Upper Valley up here uh, four and a half years ago, uh, the drummer was in Sunapee, New Hampshire. Uh, my son was a bass player and he went off to college. Uh, and it just, and I went through a succession of a couple of bass players trying to replace him and um, just never really seemed to uh, pan out. So this album might even, that we have one leftover Fujita 5 song on this, Gone Missing. Um, the, and um, so those guys helped with that six years ago. <laughs> we released it as a single. Uh, it was part of the original sessions, but we, uh, we wanted to give it more time and give it the treatment it deserved. So it got released posthumously as a, as a single. So that band's not basically not around anymore, although you never know when we'll turn up. It does happen from time to time. Have a bit of a reunion and yeah, yeah, you know, like everybody. Yeah. We have a lot of fun playing together, so it's the temptation is always there when we can find time. Uh, these days, there's no, you know, there's virtually no gigs, so yeah. I'm perfectly content to be a studio rat in my studio in Northfield and uh, produce for other people. Did uh, did this solo project kind of coincide with COVID? So did you, was it? No, this solo project. I, it took six years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and yeah, that's quite a change from where I was in the previous albums before that. I, I did two albums in one year, not long before that. Three albums in two years. Uh, four albums in three years. So, you know, I'm going backwards. Um, so I was very prolific, and I was really, you know, I was really just forcing myself to have deadlines and stick to them within reason. And I didn't do that this time. <laughs> and six years is uh, is what happens. So, yeah, <laughs> a real labor labor of love. But with that kind of elongated um, time frame, how did that shape the songs that you were creating for this album? I think that's one of the reasons why it's even more eclectic than usual. That's a really good question. Thanks for asking that. So it kind of just meanders because you had that kind of space. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know I get in different moods and different modes. I mean, I, I've. Uh, you know, I was in punk and new wave early on. You know, I was in a country, a hot country band in the 80s for two and a half years. You know, I did an uh, Elton John uh, tribute, you know, for a while. I mean, so I've literally, I, I've been all over the map, you know. I really should have picked that name. <laughs> I just couldn't resist Todd. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, you just mentioned that you the new album, uh, which was released September 2nd, somewhat self-titled, called Todd. Yes. With a with the the last D scratched out, so yes. what, Todd with the D, one D, yeah. um, and um, so six years um mm. to create this album, uh, was it all in the studio? Did you did you have like a vision of this when you kind of started, or no, is this I really didn't? That's the that's the uh, unlike make your own party hat for the end of the world, the Fujita Five album. 
I, and the, the follow-up album that I did solo with like a million friends uh, called Blue Beetle, which was a, uh, a blues-inspired tribute to the Beatles. Um, <clears throat> unlike those where there was very specific plan, very specific ideas, a vision, this really was just kind of a patchwork quilt. I'm, I'm a big concept, you know, my, my age, you know, makes me a big concept album guy, and there's no concept whatsoever to this <laughs> album. <laughs> it must have been super freeing, though. Um, what what kind of got this over the line then? What was the because you know artists have a tendency or some artists have a tendency to to have a thousand pieces of unfinished work mm-hmm. kind of lying mm-hmm. around and usually there's there's some kind of drive to take one of those kind of unfinished pieces and and get it over the line. So what for you was that that drive? You actually just touched on it. It was it it was finally having enough songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I went through that period of, you know, f- four albums and three years that I was talking about mm-hmm. where it was very prolific and I was writing a lot and it's, it was a discipline and that was something I'd never done. I'd never actually done before. It was forced myself to s- sit down and write for, you know, a certain amount of hours every week. Um, and I did not do that this time. And that's, uh, I really prefer writing stream of consciousness, so the so that so sort of the other side of that is that I don't spend weeks writing one song. It's usually written in one or two sessions of mm-hmm. sitting down with the guitar. So once I finally got to where I had ten songs, actually nine songs, I thought I'll add a cover, um, the old blues standard, uh, rolling and tumbling. I'll add a cover, and I'll um, I'll add a, a sing a previously released. Uh, single from Fuji to Five that I felt like belonged on an album somewhere. I'll add those, and bang, I got eleven tracks. And it was literally, I woke up one of those morning and went, "Hey, if I do that, I have a ele- I have eleven <laughs> tracks. It's time to finish these things and start mixing." So one of those kind of situations where you're just kind of lying in bed, and then you get that light bulb. Yeah, moment. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so from then, was it straight into this? Have you got then your own I was. Yeah, I've been pretty. I was pretty hard at it for the yeah. last year, and and being a little bit more meticulous with the mixing and uh, post production and stuff like that. Um, again, the last band being a th- being a power trio, and we did very few overdubs. Usually, like one guitar, one extra guitar. You know. Uh, that kind of thing. So there were not, you know, keys on a couple of songs, you know, so, stuff like that. But there wasn't a lot of overdubs on that by design. We tracked all of the the Party Head album. We tracked the rhythm section all at the same time in an, in an open room. You know, this was track at a time. Uh, I brought in a friend of mine, Jim Terrell, to do uh, the more intricate keyboard stuff. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a hunting pecker on on the keys myself and by the time you edit it all in mini you know i sound like a genius but you know (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not uh so i brought him in to do some keyboard soloing and um and ended up using that stuff more than i thought i was going to because jim is just such a genius um he's got some great stuff out there too if you want to look him up jim terrell um and I've worked with him on on drums on one of his projects as well. So he kind of owed me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we did that all virtual. You know, he sent me over stuff, and I I flew him over stuff. And uh, so yeah, it really was just locking myself in the studio and going for it. So is it was it your own home studio that you you recorded the whole thing? Yeah, I've got a I've got a nice really full production studio. I mean, I can do full bands and so on and so forth. I do video production as well. There'll be at least two, maybe three videos forthcoming uh from this album. 
um, not as big a production as some of the things I've done in the past, but uh, just something for people, some eye candy for people to look at while they're <laughs> while they're listening to the tunes. Just another way to shamelessly promote the music, <laughs> basically. It's definitely what you need to do these days. Um, with the previous albums you've recorded with bands, were they in like you know full professional studios? Is this the first one you did? You've done at home, if you will. No, most of the most of the recording work that I have been on uh, has been in my studio. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I decided after doing my first album 20 years ago, and it took forever just to get an album made, you know, this is all, you know, that album made just as, was made just as digital brought the costs down. Um, I, I took that, that album and, um, and it, I had to beg, barter, and practically literally steal to get that thing done. And it took me like two years, and I'm like, I'm not doing that again. And what's more, I want to do whatever I can to make sure other people don't have to do that. So, so here's a plug. I'm looking to develop artists. I'm looking to develop young artists. That's my, that's my passion going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want to set an environment where people don't have to feel so constipated by the money that uh that they that they don't get their 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 dream realized mm. or you know they have to do everything in two days otherwise yeah they won't have and, money. and that's a, and there's another problem with that too is that and i know because i was an early victim of it myself is that just because you have the desire and the equipment to make an album yourself doesn't mean you have the aptitude or skills and I think one of the downsides of, of the open indie world that we have right now, which I generally, if, is for the most part, love, I think one of the downsides to that is that you have a lot of people with good songs putting out crappy albums because mm-hmm. they think, oh, they, they either think they have to or they think they should or whatever do it, in the, do it on their own. Uh, with their Mac and in, in, in their in their apartment, and unless you're doing certain genres, that's kind of you know like you know hip hop and stuff like that. That's really that's really hard to do. And even that, you got it. You have to have a good room to, mm-hmm. to mix. And I have a treated room, and you know, correction software and stuff like that. So yeah, <clears throat> I even it, mastered this one myself, which I really don't like to do. But it's about the money at the end of the day. Right, it's uh, it's worth the investment of uh, and learning how to do that if you, if oh, you yeah. are serious. But it's taken me twenty years, mm-hmm. and I, and I wasn't, I wasn't new to recording at that time. You know, it's taken me twenty years to get to where I feel like my, I feel very confident in my skills. Well, we'd love to hear another song. Sounds great. Uh, so what have you got for us? All right, um, this one is called Saint Valentine's Day, and it's kind of um. 70s folk pop thing so you know if you don't like 70s folk pop you might not like it but try and keep an open mind because uh song's very very personal and very important to me and i I think it's uh i think it's i think it's worth a listen it's to me at least anyway i um i'll give you a little bit of background on it my uh I, i i was a teenage bridegroom and uh and I allowed myself to be talked into getting married on Valentine's Day. My first thought was, ah, oh, bah humbug. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a Hallmark holiday. I don't want nothing to do with that. But then I was like, wait a minute. I will always be reminded by Madison Avenue when my anniversary is coming. And <laughs> unfortunately, that only lasted two years. But it, it put an even more buzzkill on Valentine's Day for me. So, you know, flash forward 30, 35, 36 years, and all of a sudden I'm starting to soften, I guess, and... This is the song. Another dozen roses 
Somehow they don't smell the same Another day passing too slowly As I try to heal the pain Never understood the meaning Now I understand too late As I watch the flowers wither On St. Valentine's Day The finest of confections All right, do we want to try that again? <laughs> All right, so first we got to figure out what's going on there. There we go, that solved it. All right, we'll start again. <laughs> I think I can do that first verse better anyway. <laughs> Another dozen roses Somehow they don't smell the same Another day passing too slowly As I try to heal the pain I never understood the meaning Now I understand too late As I watch the flowers wither On St. Valentine's Day finest of confections can match the sweetness of your smile now I while away the hours as I sit and wonder why I never understood the meaning now I understand it well While I watch the sugar melting On St. Valentine's Day Another folded piece of paper With someone else's words but the corners are all bent And the words are never heard I never understood the meaning So I threw it all away And I watched the paper burning On St. Valentine's Day Is it too late in the evening? Are your plans already made? Never mind, I think I know I can see it in your face All the verse that I could sing you won't make the sadness disappear 
But if you ever need a shoulder You can always lay it here I never understood the meaning Now I understand too late The clock ticks onward towards the end of St. Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's Day there by Todd Moses. And so you, uh, you've described yourself as quite a storyteller. Um, so it sounds like this one was quite a personal one. And yeah. previous previous song was, was obviously politically political in nature yeah that's my obligatory one political song per album <laughs> you, so you, you, you always have one pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh so how do you found these stories is it just personal or do you ever take something from somewhere else this one is very that that last one is very very personal actually both of them tonight are personal um <clears throat> um it's it's a mix it's a mix what i what i tend to do is take a little piece of either my story or somebody else's story and then extrapolate on it from there. I don't, I'm not good at starting from scratch, you know, and just making up a story. I don't think I could ever like be a novelist, you know, I'm more a poet. Mm. <laughs> so there has to be something, something that I at least am intimately enough familiar with that I know, you know, that, that I can build on it from there. Right, it's going to be like that personal experience, or at least a, at least a kernel of that personal experience in there. Um, how do you how do you go about setting out a story for three or four minutes? I mean, do you, do you ever get to do you ever get it to you know a three minute mark and be like, oh well, actually, I've got I've got so much more to say in this. And and how do you think this time it I did not do that. This time, like that song has a lot of verses, right? Um, <clears throat> they're all short, but there's a lot of verses. This time, I really. I, I tried to the fir, the first rule was that there there was no there are no rules just do what you do you know getting back to what I was saying earlier just be who I am um, so I thought uh, but at the same time um, Todd Rundgren once referred to himself as the kid with the forty five RPM set of ears you know that that's that's kind of me you know I I'm so and I and I think most songwriters you know born in the second half of the 20th century and beyond, we are so inundated with popular song structure by the time we write our first song that I think most people should just forget about forget about it. Because you're gonna it's gonna happen so naturally whether you want it to or not. That I I really have never thought once I get into the studio, then I put on then I put on my producer headphones and I go, okay, maybe we don't need that verse. Um, but um, if I if if I feel like it needs another verse and I don't have one, I just don't do it. Mm. You know, it, it, if if song is two minutes and thirty seconds, or four minutes and fifty seconds, or seven minutes, whatever, whatever the song needs, that's that's what I believe in. I'm not I'm not ever going to be a big star, so I might as well be true to myself, right? Right. Have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. So you've never found yourself writing a fifteen minute, twenty minute uh, epic anthem and being like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it. We're gonna we're gonna have a Half an album's worth. Probably seven and a half is is probably my max. And I've been involved in a song that was a little bit longer than that 
uh, on the Gully Boys album, uh, and that was more like a, you know, we referred to it as our hippie magnum opus, you know, <laughs> so there was that. But yeah, as, as a general rule, I, I got those 45 RPM ears, you know, I, I hear things as a single, and I don't, I don't have to fight that urge too, too hard to go on and on. Mm. Plus, I'm not, you know, I'm not a great lead guitar player, so I'm not going to solo on and on, you know, because I'm not going to be very interesting. So again, it's about what the song needs. Um, and um, listening to some of the tracks on your album, I, I had a little uh, little play of them earlier on today, and there's there's quite a full sound. As you said, you had your friend come in and uh, and or not come in, virtually come in, <laughs> virtually. and uh, and bring in his keys. Um, but you know, it sounds like the whole band backing you. It was that all you by the keys? Yeah, even even some of the keys that are not you know things like some most of the organs. You know, there's a song that there's an organ solo on. Well, that's a clue that Jim's playing. Mm. <laughs> uh, I did all the string arrangements. Um, yeah, I played the bass. I'm, I'm both the son and the father, not the same person, <laughs> of bassists. So it's, it's never too far from me. So, yeah, I played the bass on this stuff as well. When you were playing <laughs> in bands, did you were you also the the person that could have arranged the songs as well? Or is this, this project the first time you really you know, started arranging it's songs? It's kind of funny. It's one of the reasons why I don't do bands anymore. Because I, the, in high school, and you're putting your, putting your first bands together, it was, there was always sort of this collaborative effort, which I love. And I've just... I, it's, I've probably been 20 since I've been in a band that felt that way. Um, so if I'm going to do all the arranging and all the producing, then, you know, it, it makes it easier. You don't have to deal with people's time schedules and so on and so forth to just track it yourself. And I'm sure I'll, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, the album before this is a lot of musicians. There's probably 16 musicians on it. Um, mostly from Vermont and New Hampshire, but some, but, but some from around the country. I mean, I got flying in tracks from Guam. Yeah you know so a guy I went to high school with and thought it would be fun you know one of those kind of things and um yeah so where was I so you know that's and there's no doubt that I'll work with a band again in the studio whether I'll ever go out and play a bunch live anymore that's probably not well talking of which you know as you mentioned before there's not a lot of gigs going on yeah. at the moment thanks to COVID um how are you planning on kind of like pushing out this album um are you planning on because i've talked to a lot of artists about this and people have been doing gigs in fields and gigs over zoom um wh where are you at with that videos as i said earlier um i'm working on doing a live stream the the challenge with not recording with a band is now i have to beg and barter with my musician friends to say hey would you be willing to learn you know 11 <laughs> guitar guitar parts that you didn't create you know <laughs> and once people get into original music they get really unenthusiastic about uh, about uh, learning other people's parts and i don't blame them I, I kind of feel the same way so yeah any of my musician friends that are listening to this hit me if you're interested i would like to do you know a streaming a streaming show um and i think i'll start you know, when I'm a contractor by day, so it's a busy time of year for me. So once the once the weather calms down and I have a little bit more time, I, I'll probably start doing a show like this for my studio and have 
you know, friend come over and do some songs, and I'll do some songs and stuff like that. I've been talking to uh, Jim about this forever. <laughs> I, I think I'll finally get around to doing it. But it's not, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I had I had a website that I paid lots of money to develop and, ha- and have for years with, with the last two projects. Peak year, I got like 45,000 hits. I still didn't sell anything, <laughs> you know? So I, as far as I'm concerned, as long as people are hearing the music, that's what's important to me. I'm never going to make big bucks at it, so I might as well just try and get it out to as many people that will listen to it as possible. Right. And I have strange, I have strange followings in places like Central America, Germany. For some reason or other, they really liked the Fujita Five stuff, you know. And I, you know, and there's part of me that dreams, hey, maybe I should go, you know, <laughs> go play a few those gigs places. in Munich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But. Get into the bear holes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's about what we've got time for, but um, we're obviously going to have one last track. But uh, before I, I let you do that, uh, tell us how we can find you. So if you know people want to listen you to you, you can find me. The best way to find me is just search my name. Honestly, I do not keep a, uh, a, a website anymore. I do have, however, um, if you go to my Facebook page, Todd Moses Musician, and that's with 1D, um, or there, there's, there's, a, there's a Here Now link that will let you sample everything and then also let you, and then also direct you to uh, CD Baby, to... Um, Spotify to Apple iTunes and Apple Apple Music and so on and so forth. Or you can just find me on your favorite service. Um, I do my distribution through CD Baby and they make sure it gets everywhere and it is, although sometimes it trickles out, but at this point it's everywhere having been a month. Nice. Um, well, yeah, we'd love to hear one last song. Uh, Alright, so Maestro, you want to play that one uh, track off the album? So this is the la- this is the first song on the album. I guess you could say it's kind of the single. <laughs> Opportunities. Just one more shot at spring, and the 
Thank you so much for coming in the studio tonight. Thanks for having me. It's been great. It's an absolute pleasure. Okay, so catch us next week. We're going to have a Red Admiral in the studio on 105.9 The Radiator. This has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. Thank you very much, everybody. No worries. Thank you. That takes a lot to pull that off.